Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. This morning, it's the pastoral team that's going to be bringing just a shorter kind of teaching to you. And uh, yeah, other pastors come join me on the screen right now. And um, I'm actually going to be the one who begins us in that teaching. And I'm going to begin this morning with a parable. And I think it's the shortest parable in the Bible. I don't know if I'm right on that one, but that's what I'm going to stick to right now. And it's from Matthew chapter 13, verse 33. And it says this, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. And if I were to just interpret that really, really briefly, I love that it was a woman <laughs> and Three measures of flour isn't enough for a loaf or two, guys. It's about 80 pounds of flour. And after the leaven has been added and hidden and starts its work in it, there is loaf upon loaf upon loaf upon loaf that could be made from that bread. And I want you just kind of to hold that thought because I want to talk now just a little bit about the way the leaven, the Holy Spirit, the one who brings the kingdom, Jesus, has worked through our community in the years that we've been a community because we began actually as a church in 1983. And we were founded by Douglas Paul Richardson, along with his wife, Valerie, and his parents. And at the time of the beginning of Long Beach Christian Fellowship, we had two elders and they were men and one pastor and he was a man. And years went by and Doug started inviting the wives of those two elders to elder meetings, just, you know, for dinner to give his wife someone to talk to. But his wife, Valerie, had things she wanted to say and that she wanted to become a part of those meetings. So she started to ask for that. And um, as time went by, elders became couples but they were married couples. And the church continued to be pastor-run, pastor-centric. Doug was still the chairman of the board and the head of the church. Uh, in about 1998, a couple left the board, leaving a vacancy, and my husband John and I were asked to fill that spot. That's a long time ago, people. <laughs> and we prayed about it, and we agreed, obviously. And at that time, we were four married couples, all elders. And then in about 2001, uh, Valerie began attending seminary at King's College and Seminary, which is a four-square seminary. And then she became ordained as a pastor alongside Doug here at LBCF, the first female pastor at Long Beach Christian Fellowship. Uh, you know, the leaven was having its consequences. The bread was changing. Something new was sprouting in the flower that was LBCF. The church grew. We lost an elder couple. We added two more married couples. One of those couples was Brandon and Rebecca Cook, names that a lot of us that are still here now know. And now the elder board was at 10 
five men, five women. Another couple moved away and we went back down to eight. And during this season, we also began a ministry, uh, a ministry to the St. Mary's Care Program for AIDS patients. And mainly uh, those patients were LGBTQ. And um, as we gave ourselves as a church to this care program, some of the people that we met there joined our community. And some of them are still here. Leaven. Leaven changed us. Leaven brought us to new places, caused us to consider who the Holy Spirit might be and what he might want from the type of bread that he was baking in and through us. In about 2008, Doug was burning out and he wanted out. And then in August of 2009, Brandon Cook, who had been our college pastor, took his place. Brandon became our lead pastor, and I was his associate. I was actually also in seminary, and I was officially ordained as a pastor here in early 2010. The only elders left in that season were Brandon and Rebecca Cook and John and Barbara Sanofsky. And three of the four of us were on staff. We knew we didn't want that, but that's what we had. That's what we were left with. And then we, we really trusted that the Holy Spirit was going to continue to work new things. Think of the leaven again. Brandon wanted elders to lead with him. In fact, he wanted LBCF to be elder-led, not so pastor-focused. But that was never really clearly defined, um, really, either for the elders or for the community. We made commitments, commitments to get away from the married couples model. So we invited a married couple <laughs> and a single woman onto the board, which kind of broke our mold. That was like pretty powerful for us to have invited that single woman, Vermil Sickler, onto this board. Several years later, we wanted to add to the board again because we were growing and we really felt the need for more leadership. We wanted the community to be involved in recommending people to become elders, uh, which they did at that first, that very first time. And then through a process of prayer and discernment, we added a woman and a man to the elder board. Both of them married, but not to each other. Later, our single woman elder resigned. By then, our plan was no longer to have married couples serve together. Our plan was not that staff would be elders. And we really, our heart and our prayers as elders were that we wanted the board to look like our community. Actually, we wanted the board to reflect the faces of the city of Long Beach. And then Becca and Brandon made their plans to leave. And if you can follow all that math, it left us with five elders, but we were already in the process of adding two. And again, with community input and prayer and discernment to the best of our ability, in January 2020, we added two women, one married, one single, and we were at seven. With Brandon gone, I was next in line to leave the elder board. I was the last staff member on the board. And my last elder meeting was December 2020. So uh, today I am not an elder. And today the board stands at six, and I know that soon they're going to be looking to add to that board. 
in all the ways that our vision continues, in all the ways that the leaven continues to work in this community, making different loaves of bread from the same flour and the, the same starter. Currently, we have a small and mighty group of faithful and gifted elders. You know, guess what? They were unaware there was going to be a pandemic. They were unaware that the church was going to have to close its building and go online. They were unaware we would be losing pastor number two. And they led us through all the crazy storms of the craziest year with integrity and heart, not perfectly, through criticism and fatigue. They led. They led out of their love for this community and out of their love and trust in Jesus Christ. I love this story. It's said that in the wildest storm, and 2020 is the wildest storm, it is better to be a buffalo than a cow. Although they are very closely related, the buffalo charges into the storm, taking it head on, head on and runs through it. This actually reduces the amount of damage from the storm. But cows have a different reaction. <laughs> they run away from the storm and with it, and they receive the brunt of it. Sometimes they don't even run. They just stand and mill and put their heads up and drown with the effects of the storm. Our elders have been buffaloes. I think our leaders have been buffaloes in the stormy season that we've been in. So yeah, once again, what does all this have to do with the parable? I think that's what God has for us as he continues to use us to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, to bring shalom. Changes in the DNA of Long Beach Christian Fellowship because the DNA is the leaven. The DNA is the Holy Spirit. The DNA is Jesus Christ. Change is in our history. <laughs> we've always listened to God and we've always changed. We realized that women could take their place alongside men, that women could teach and pastor and learn and lead, that singles and marrieds could work together as elders, that LGBTQ plus can work together with the singles and the marrieds and the old and the middles and even the youngest because of the leaven that changes everything. This short but mighty parable is about abundance. And Jesus is the bread of life with whom we get to feed each of us as we have need. Because we are each welcome to eat. We are each welcome to sit. And we are each invited to come to the table because the table is big enough. Thank you, God. And now I'm going to turn it over to Danny, to Pastor Danny. Thank you so much, Barbara. Um, I really appreciate just giving us that um, this, uh, the history of LBCF. It's amazing just to see all the changes, the transitions, and, and it's a mm -hmm. learning process. And I know that you probably wish that all these things you know now, you knew back then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it took a lot of courage. It took a lot of growth. You know, as you were sharing about all the things um, that uh, the elders have gone through the past few months, um, 
you know, recently I was reading um, a Barna Group report uh, from July that said um, that they were um, predicting that one in five churches won't survive this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I know that maybe uh, as, as the pandemic just continues to rage on, um, I know personally of several churches that had to close their doors. And, and that's, that's a sad thing for me. And I know um, Long Beach Christian Fellowship isn't immune to all the problems that are facing the nation. But as I think about our community, I know that it's not just the pandemic, but like you said, there's like a lot of stuff that happened this year. You know, from the transitioning of two of the three um, pastors, and then, you know, I, I, I know the elders reworked the bylaws and the constitution. There was still so much conversation around LGBTQ um, policies and practices, and, and now we're in the middle of race conversations, which are really hard. And as I think about the elders, um, and I know for me, as someone who has worked with churches for over, like, I guess, 30 years, um, I don't think I've ever seen an elder board work so hard. I honestly can say that as I like talk to the elders and I've seen what the elders have done the past, you know, 12 months even. I know the elders have been working overtime. There's been sleepless nights. There's been countless meetings. There's been misunderstandings. There's been like agonizing over how to lead um, the church forward. And I know as volunteers, it would have been so easy just to walk away. And that would have been totally understandable. I mean, you know, you don't sign up for, for, you know, trying to like navigate through all these uh, major things. And it's really hard um, to be a leader, especially a leader of the church. And so to the elders of LBCF, um, we just want to affirm you. We want to thank you. Uh, Gina, John, Sam, Catherine, Tyrone, Brian, and you too, Barbara. I know you just recently stepped away, but you've been part of that team. You know, we are here today because of your faithfulness, because of how hard you have worked, uh, because of your love for the church. And there are so many things I know, so many backdoor discussions, so many nights where you were probably just like looking at the ceiling um, that we'll never know about. But because of um, all your hard work and prayer and passion and the service to the community, um, you know, we're here. And I pray that somehow we, as, you know, the non-elders of LBCF would just now take a moment, if not now, but sometime during this day and week, just to pause and just contemplate, you know, because we, we go into these um, services or church meetings, sometimes oblivious to the work of like people who are behind the scenes. But I really hope that we can uh, pause and, and at the very least say a prayer personally for each of us. And, and just to be like, just to be in a place where we can express our gratitude. And so thank you. Thank you so much for all your work. And, and I know as the um, pastoral team now is like at the very beginning of trying to process this new year um, for us. If you've been to our website recently, um, you'll know that there's, you'll, you'll see that um, um, we put up a new like um, uh, image and it, it's uh, five key words that we've listed for our community. 
And those five key words are connection, love, humility, mercy, and beauty. And there's not enough time for this morning to go through all five things, but I want to focus a little bit on connection because I know for me, that's like the word that sticks out the most because um, as someone that's just started maybe a couple of weeks ago, I still feel that great sense of disconnection. And it's no one's fault. It's just because I just started for one. And because we're in this pandemic where I haven't like yet been in the room with all of you. And so I know that's been yeah. hard for me. Um, but I also know that I'm not alone probably in this feeling of disconnection. I know that even though you might be a longstanding member of LBCF, you might even be a leader. I know that there that you're not immune to this, right? A feeling disconnected, that somehow you're pouring so much of your energy and your time. And yet there's this strange feeling like you're still on the outside. And I know that's that's a hard place to be. And my prayer for, for our church community is that we would pay attention because we would we would always remember that that God pays attention to people that, that feel invisible, that, that feel unseen. And so as I was thinking about this sense of disconnection, for some reason, my mind went to the Old Testament. Um, and I thought about Jacob as he was um, fleeing, right? If you remember the story of Jacob, he was just kind of this um, interesting kind of guy who um, deceived not only his brother, but his father as well, you know, of, of this birthright. And... Um, here was a guy who like like left his homeland and, and was now wandering. He was he was like mm -hmm. trying to um, pretty much run away. And in Genesis twenty eight ten it says that Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones he put there, he put it under his head and he laid down to sleep. And so this little. Um, Part of the story begins with um, Jacob um, leaving, and it says that he reached a certain place. And I found that word um, interesting, it's a certain place. It doesn't even say the city or the exact location. It doesn't even name it. It's just kind of like there's nothing special about the location. It's kind of like that long stretch of road, you know, on the way to Vegas or Utah or something where it's just kind of nothingness. It's just ordinary, but it's this in it's in this ordinary place that Jacob um, has this dream. And in verse 12, it says that he saw the stairway resting on the earth, with its top reaching to the heavens, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord your God, the God of your father Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give to you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. And then he goes on. And, and says, I am with you and will watch over you. And whichever way you go and will bring, back you, bring you back to this land, I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. And what an incredible like, like vision, right? This dream from God and, and Jacob rises from his sleep. And he said, surely the Lord in this, was in this place and I was not aware of it. How awesome. Or, or like, how wonderful is this place? And, and I, I think about this, this um, dream, this vision that Jacob had. And, and it's in this dream where he sees this traffic 
between heaven and earth. There's this ladder, or better yet, there's this ramp. And he witnesses messengers, angels, you know, moving up and down this ramp that touches heaven and earth. And it's this vivid picture of this interaction. It's God saying that earth isn't being left unattended. In fact, it's busy. There's actually traffic happening in this very unassuming place in the middle of nowhere, in this unknown place where Jacob is kind of wandering on this journey and just kind of fleeing for his life. And and it's in the middle of like a big, huge problem in his life. God reveals himself in such a powerful way that it shatters his reality of believing that he's alone as a fugitive. And this event happens in the in-between place. It's not in the destination. Again, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's not at a Christian camp or at a conference or someplace where he's having a spiritual high. He's on the run. He's tired. He's alone. He's disconnected. He's scared for his life. And God reveals himself. And it's this beautiful thing where it wasn't about Jacob trying to fix his problems. It wasn't like his problems disappeared. They were still very real. But the big shift happens when Jacob's eyes were open, where Jacob was able to say, how awesome is this place? And surely the Lord is here, and I was not aware of it. And for the elders who have worked so hard, and sometimes it feels like it's thankless work, and you're like... Oh, this is, at times it feels like people are um, maybe ungrateful, you know, and it's not even elders, it's staff and volunteers, you know, we, we labor tirelessly trying to like do things for the church and, and we feel like, you know, is, is God even doing anything? Is God even here? Um, and I want to be careful because this isn't to say that there aren't any problems. This isn't to say things are just going to magically get better. It, it is to be aware that problems exist. It's to be aware that there's still so much to do. But the question is, are, is our minds fixated most on the problems that we are unaware, that we aren't alone, that God is here? And I think if we are to be connected to one another in ways that are meaningful, that the focus first and foremost can't be on the problem, but on the reality of, of the presence of God in our life. Yeah. And there's a beautiful allusion to this, um, to the story of Jacob, actually brought by Jesus you know, himself in John chapter 1. When Jesus is speaking to um, Nathaniel, one of his disciples, and Nathaniel is asking some questions, and Jesus responds by telling Nathaniel, in chapter 1, verse 51 of John, I tell you the truth, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. We hear that. Jesus is like referencing the story of Jacob. And he's telling Nathaniel, you know, there's the story you've heard in the past of this ladder, the stairway to heaven, that, that I am the one who was descending and ascending. And I know in our world where there's often this profound sense of the absence of God. I know personally when things are going wrong, um, 
and there's a lot of problems in my life and I'm so fixed on the problem. And I can tell when there's an absence of God in my life because fear starts to overwhelm me. I get concerned about lost relationships, about people leaving my life. I get concerned about not being liked, um, that people feel like I'm a failure. I get concerned about finances and all these things. And there's like this, like, ah, worry, <laughs> um, nature of myself just to worry over these things. But what Jesus is saying to Nathaniel, and I think what he's saying to our community is that I am present with you. And the most important thing for us is to, by faith, believe that, that we choose to believe that Jesus is here. Amen. So we choose to believe that Jesus is present with us. And as much as we can be focused on the presence of God in our life, as much as we can first be connected to God, then we'll be able to pursue those other words, right, about humility and grace and, 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 and move towards love and, and see this, this beauty happening all around us. And so, yeah, I know this is a, a, lot, of, um, a lot of challenges ahead, but I'm grateful um, to know that even as we are in separate rooms during the service, that I can like right now, um, my faith know that there is a ladder, there's this ladder in each of our homes. There's this ladder in LBCF where the angels of God are ascending and descending. There is traffic, there is activity, and Jesus himself is with us. And my prayer is that, like um, Jacob, we would say, I didn't know. And yet, how awesome is this place? So I'll um, hand it off to Ryan now. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Danny. Thank you, Barb. Um, I was thinking about how you were talking about the cows and the buffaloes in the storm. <laughs> And I was thinking how so much of 2020 for me, I felt like a squirrel in the storm. Like at least those two things have weight, you know, that can keep them on the ground where I felt like I felt really tossed around a lot. Um, and so I'm so grateful to be with you, Pastor Barb, who has so much of an anchoring presence in the community who has been a part of this church longer than I've known the Lord. Like that for me gives me so much, so much peace and hope to, to be able to, to learn from you in that way. And for pastor Danny to hear your heart, just, just pumping connection over and over again, ever, since the first time I talked to you, that's been your just rallying cry over and over again is how much you long to connect. And so for the places in which each of us will hopefully in our working towards complimenting each other. I'm so, I'm so served well by both of you and, and I'm so honored to be a part of this team. Um, Andrew, could, could we quickly get the slide up that's got Vision 2021 on it? I just want to show that to everybody really quick. Um, this may be a curveball, So um, I want to show that to all of you. Um, so let's go to the Vision 2021 slide. Um, that's what we're doing today is all that stuff. And now the next slide should be the vision 2021. So the five words that we talked about 
as Barb, Danny, and I met, we were all talking about um, every year we would have a word that would sort of guide us through the year. It would We would try and hit it on um, all of our teaching, and we would try and make that our central focus. And as we were doing that, multiple words came up, and I, and I realized, and we realized that these are words that um, are not the exhaustive or the exclusive list of what we want to be in 2021. These are just hopeful things that were coming out of meeting with people on staff. As we talked, connection came up, mercy, beauty, humility, love. If we can be defined as a community by any one of those words, that would be fantastic. So yeah. I just wanted to show you that um, and to know that um, you might have words for you um, that, that come up that are your hope for 2021 send those in because we want to steward those kinds of words as 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 well because i think that what we do in lbcf is we try and listen and we're all putting our ear to the ground to hear where the holy spirit is is moving in and through us and so um i wanted to make my my uh, we can uh, take this slide down too um I wanted to make my part kind of quick, but as I was uh, as I was preparing for this week, I was remembering something that um, when I was getting into ministry, um, this is in two thousand four. Um, one of the first things that was asked of me was, "What do I think makes a good leader?" It was kind of it wasn't an interview; it was just a conversation with a college pastor who I was kind of interning under. And I hadn't had any seminary education at that point, but I, my answer was a leader is somebody who's constantly learning. A good leader is somebody who, who has been, who um, listens well, um, who has been led well. And so I really believe that leading well flows out of being led well. Uh, I was reading this week, Michael Frost, who's an Australian missiologist and leading voice in the international church mission said this. He said that the American church has an obsession with leadership, finding the secret sauce to unlock the church's potential. And I, when he said that I hadn't ever heard it talked about an obsession with leadership, but I've experienced so much energy being placed on trying to find the secret sauce to unlock a church's potential. And then I read, then we read something like first Corinthians 12, where Paul's vision for the church yeah. seems so much less consumed with what personalities you put up front and what the church is meant to look like as a whole. And he talks about the church looking like a body and many other places in the new Testament, the church is talked about like a, family, right? Like it's, it's, it's talked about that we all have a role to play. And when any of us doesn't lift up our part, our role to play, we all suffer because of it. And as I was preparing this and I was kind of preparing notes and checking emails and things, um, it's, it's been, uh, a, a hectic week. But I, as I was checking my emails, no joke, there was a headline that says, find the secret sauce of 
video <laughs> streaming. And I was just like, everybody's always talking about like finding the best three combination, the best three steps to get your life right on track. And I have not found the best three steps to get my life on track for me showing up and just being on screens sometimes. I mean, 2020 taught us how many people um, are going to wear a nice shirt up top and pajama bottoms on, on the, like we do just enough to get this screen. Right. I mean, and I'm not, I wasn't planning on doing this, but just today as we were preparing for this, I hated doing my hair look. So I went and gave myself a little bit of a haircut on the sides, but the back, is totally wrecked and I haven't even cut the back of my hair because I knew that this is all that people would see. And sometimes we are just showing up, right? That that so much of what success is, is trying to show up and give our best. And so um, this idea of a secret sauce is a marketing ploy that I use a lot in my photography that I, I try and give people the tips to get things right. And I think that this idea that we are um, tr so much obsessed and focused with the secret sauce of leadership um, is actually upside down for what I believe Jesus and Paul called the church to be. And in Matthew 7, 12, it says, so Whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. This is the law and the prophets, right? We, we've heard about this as the golden rule, and we often employ that as like a don't hurt other people because you don't want them to hurt you. But so often what ends up happening is we wait for other, we get the order of that upside down. We get the order of, okay, I will wait until somebody else does this to me or for me before I give it out. And what ends up happening is we have a lot of people that are pressed into a passive posture, right? Like, I'll just wait until the leaders of the church do this. I'll wait until um, this person tells me that I can go stand up for justice in this thing that I'm passionate about. I'll wait until I'm shown this. And what it seems like Paul and Jesus is calling this to is you go first, in the kind of world that you want to see. You want people to love, then go pour it out. You want, pe you want people to be generous, go be generous. I remember something that Brandon taught um, a couple years ago. It says, what you need, go give that. Go give people what you need. And that struck me so hard because it felt, it felt like it rang so true in what we're called to be as the church. And Jesus knew that, that it's a damaging pattern to over and over again, just um, wait until somebody else does what's right before you do. Um, and so Jesus said that plenty about going first because he knew he, I believe that Jesus knew that every world system is about acquiring, protecting, advancing, and latching on to power. And that when you lay that down, it means that, that you are going to be vulnerable. And throughout history, we have seen so much of the church playing to those same games. And I really believe that with the elders that we have, that they took the example of going first. 
And so while this is our Sunday where it's our vision 2021 and we're talking about what our hopes are for the year, um, when we met to sort of plan this day, it became obvious that we just needed to call out how much beautiful going first happened last year by the elders, Barb being a big part of that as as well to, to lead us to have those difficult conversations that had to happen. So we are so on, we are so honored as a pastoral team, but as a community to be led by people that aren't waiting for other people to go first. Um, and I think that that gives us such a freedom to move into good leadership. And Paul often talks about um, the church as a family. And when I think of my own family, I think of how when my sister and I moved out of my parents' house, um, her and I are very different. Um, and we are both very different from my parents. And I'm figuring out through therapy, we're a lot alike in a lot of ways too. But um, that when we would come back home, there was this, this ability to not obsess over the ways we are different but that there was a comfort in coming back and knowing that what was going to be primary is how we would love and hold space for each other. And we didn't even feel the need to, to let anyone be a, the star of the show because there was no show. There was there, there, we, we weren't trying to compete or compare that there was something that was happening as we allowed ourselves to, to just be present with each other. And I think that there's a, there's something powerful when we start to look at the church as a family because a family, when someone's hurting a good, and I'm, I'm not assuming that everybody who's listening today has had the experience of having a healthy family either. But I, I think that a healthy family shows up in love um, quickly that when, when, when they need somebody to lean on, to show up to, that that is one of the reliable places. And so I believe that Paul wanted to show that rather than being in this sort of competitive, trying to find the most charismatic leaders, the smartest ones that he would say, that's what the world wants. The world wants to build something up to sell you something. And so they want to acquire and have power. And, and so they'll, they'll be in this perpetual competition. And he said, I want the church to look different than that, like a body where an eye is a very bad hand, but they both need each other desperately, right? Like those two things could never do what the other one does. And would we be so focused on figuring out what part it is that I'm supposed to play? own that beautifully and be beautifully codependent on each other. Interdependency is something that we often push away against because our American culture says you do it yourself, right? That, that go be a self starter. Don't ask anybody for help. And I think that Paul says, that's not what the church should be that we are a, Bride, and, and one of the things that is central to us is our dependence on Christ. And so I really believe that, that as we move forward, that, that my hope is that LBCF would be defined in the way that we look like a family, a body. Um, and that's not just me trying to manage expectations of, based on my own insecurities <laughs> of like, hey, don't expect too much from me. 
But um, that's saying that I see like there are so many amazing people where it's like a Matt Colin and his leadership and ability to to reach out and hug people would never be able to replace a Marsha Williams and her poetic, prophetic voice. And we need both of those people at the table. And all of the, and I could I could go on over and over again of, of the people who serve officially and unofficially in our community, but knowing that each of us is so desperately needed in this, and I believe, especially today, that the elders have led in a way to make that possible. And I'm so blessed to be a part of it. And so for the work you've done, elders, um, who you will all see in a couple minutes. Um, now, um, me and us as the pastoral team are so grateful to you. Um, mm -hmm. And I look forward to this year and all of the things that are coming up for it. And so um, I want to now, as we move forward in our gathering, um, actually, before I pass it off, if you have not seen in the newsletter each week, we will have something where we have some additional reflection that we are posting throughout the week. And so um, I know that there are times where our time is cut short or we are running out of space to say what we want to say, but um, we will be putting out some more um, ability to reflect on that stuff throughout the week. So make sure to check that out. The link will be in the newsletter as well. Um, so to continue today, I want to pass it to Danny Shaniker so he can sing a song with us.